Good afternoon, Utah. Welcome to K Talk 1640. We are the People Radio on Tuesday, July 5th, with your host, Jason Preston and Colby Draper. What's up, Colby? Hey. Joining us today on the inaugural American Masculinity. Let's go. Let's, Let's get go. It. Let's get it. So that is going to be our Tuesday show. Every Tuesday we are talking about masculinity, talking about men, talking about uh, the decline of men in America. Yes. The man has uh, started to fall off the cliff here in America for some reason. They say uh, you can judge the strength of a nation by the character of its men. And uh, apparently we in some trouble here, aren't we, Colby? Oh, yeah. A lot of trouble. <laughs> We're turning into a bunch of females here. Yes, but uh, it is the day after 4th of July. We hope everybody had an epic Independence Day, lit off some fireworks, started some fire, blew stuff up, had some good family time. How was your fourth, Colby? Uh, it was epic. Let me just tell you, we started the day off at the gym. For those that you that know who I am, I love the gym, and uh, Jason and I work out together. That's right. And what what did you you uh, maxed out at one forty five on the bench? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's don't start telling my uh, maxes here quite yet. You know, I just don't want you to get embarrassed. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, we started out at the gym. We had a big crew there, a bunch of family members, a bunch of friends. I mean, we took over the gym at Vasa. And it Vasa. was uh, everyone was watching us, everyone was paying attention to us. We brought the energy in that uh, gym. So that's how it started. Just awesome. It was, it was a good day. It was a good start to the fourth. Yeah, it sure was. And then from there, we went to uh, Silver Lake. If you guys are familiar up American Fork Canyon, there's a lake just past Tibble Fork. And it's, a, it's called Silver Lake. It's a long, dusty road. And uh, we cruised up there and uh, played in the water for, I don't know, four or five hours. It was packed. Sheesh. I it, been, it was a traffic it, jam. You it, try to go up there on the 4th of July, oh. anybody up the canyon. It is like, it, I mean, it was like literally like nonstop traffic. Well, I mean, we're talking about male masculinity here. And um, holy cow. Some of those guys are scared to drive on a dirt road. It's unbel <laughs> it's unbelievable. The traffic jam was just from guys that they don't have any testosterone to go up a dirt road. You know, I mean, yeah, there's a cliff on one side, but it's like, holy cow, this is a bunch of city folks up here trying to get up to the lake. So it was a it was a challenge to get up there, but oh, once we got up there, it's beautiful. Oh, it's absolutely epic up there. So yeah, we hope everyone had a uh, great fourth and. Uh, you know, honestly, I think it's the it's the best holiday of the year because it is the one holiday that makes all the other holidays possible. You know, you don't have freedom. I mean, what else do you have? You know, it's, it's it was really the first time last night when I was uh, we were sitting on a yard overlooking the whole valley, so we could see all the fireworks in in Utah Valley and some in Salt Lake Valley. We were sitting watching, and it and I was reflecting on how awesome all these fireworks are because it's a celebration right it's a celebration of our freedom and it didn't hit me until last night first time ever that i really got emotional watching all the fireworks because that is just so awesome what this country has been founded on how it was founded pretty amazing it was touching just to see all the fireworks celebration i mean what an amazing day really yeah you know what i'm going to um 
share a quote actually on uh, John Adams about the uh, 4th of July. Let's see if I can find it here. Let's see. You keep talking, Colby. Talk about uh, your 4th of July. Well, I'm going to find this. Because the founders were huge on 4th of July, and John Adams uh, was all about the importance of celebrating it. Yeah, and I don't think re- – I think most people don't realize what the 4th of July truly means. I mean, they think, oh, family, barbecue, go out and have some fireworks, have some fun. But when you truly think what the 4th of July is, truly reflect on what the nation was going through at that time, how it started, it is – pretty touching and everyone should be in that state of mind on the 4th of July. It should be a, a, a state of reflection and a state of gratitude, to be honest with you, of, of this great country that we have. So, okay, I got it. Um, it's John Adams. He said, I'm apt to believe that independence day will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be com- commemorated as the day of deliverance. By solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. Oh, wow. Not epic? Oh, that is awesome. And guns. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Celebrate with guns. I mean, yeah. come on. This is uh, that's. I think that's one of the cool things about America. That's why you know guns is is truly all America. But you know, it's cool because it's. He says we should. It should be commemorated as a day of deliverance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's how I felt it was yesterday for me. One of the first times that I've ever felt that. To be honest with you, on the Fourth of July. I mean, we had loud music. We had all the partying, guns. We had everything going on. It was, it was humbling what, uh, you know, the spirit of the fourth brought to, you know, just teared me up last night to think, man, we are blessed, really. Yeah, and it's actually interesting, you never, you know, when he talks about the day of deliverance, because it reminds me of, um, you know, the Israelites and Passover. I mean, yeah. that's what Passover was, is it was a, remembering the day of deliverance, and you think that went on for you know, with the Jews, they still celebrate that yeah. because that's that's that is what freedom means. I mean, that is they were celebrating deliverance from the bonds of Egypt. So, anyway, so happy Fourth, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoy time with your family. But uh, I want to kind of introduce this show. I, what? Why are we having you know show every every Tuesday from four to six on masculinity? As it seems like you know an interesting thing, especially in today's. Uh, you know, day and age, why would we be talking about masculinity? It's something that's kind of shamed almost. And um, so I'd like to kind of talk about why we're doing this. You know, I started uh, getting involved in politics back in 2007, back when, um, oh, that, when Bush was in office. And we, we uh, I really liked Ron Paul, and he decided to run for president. And he, and so when he ran, I actually brought him out to Utah and helped him fundraise and and then I saw that, you know, the people weren't just were not looking for a, 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 a good representative. So I said, you know, it's not the it's not the politicians fault. At first, I thought we just have bad politicians. And, and, and that's the root of the problem in America is bad politicians. And then and then we brought him out here and I says, OK, here's the good politician. But nobody wants him. So I thought, no, no, we don't have a politician problem. We, we have a people problem. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, we you know, we saw you know, we started realizing, no, you know what? It's. 
you know, we have, we've got a problem with the family and it's a family problem. And then I kind of thought, yeah, the problems, you know, the feminist movement, it's really destroying the family. But over the last uh, couple of years, I've come to realize if you really come down to what is the heart of what's wrong in America, of, of what is leading this country to uh, its demise, I've actually come to believe that it is the failure of men. Um, you know, because if you had good men, you'd you'd have families, you'd have women and children that wanted to follow the man, that wanted to be with the man. You'd have a man, you'd have men that had their lives in order. You'd have families because the man's supposed to be the leader, and uh, that's the role of the masculine is to lead. And when you don't have strong leadership, you have marriages fall apart. And when you have marriages fall apart, you have families fall apart. And when families fall apart, nations fall apart. And so we've just come to realize if we want to fix this country, we got it. We got to. We got to start with fixing the men. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, it is the destruction of man. But what's causing the destruction of man? And I think it stems obviously from feminism. But even before that. How many shows were on TV, commercials, you know, for example, The Simpsons, I mean, Homer, he was, I, I, they portrayed him to be the dumbest person on earth, hmm. right? Terrible yeah. dad, had no idea what he was doing. Then commercial after commercial, uh, sitcom after sitcom made fun of, of man, of the man, of yeah. fathers. And so I think it was, um, it was the it was start of the destruction of of man. I think that's where it started. And then feminism comes along, and and then from there, you know, it explodes. Yeah, and and, and there's no doubt. You look at media, and even look into the the cartoons, and the, and and I and even since it, probably the last at least the last generation, how many of the cartoons the the hero is the kid. And yeah. the parents are always just the dumb, you know, silly, ignorant people. The dad was always just kind of checked out. Yeah. But going back to the feminist movement, um, here's my thing. If what power would the feminist movement have if men were good men? None. I mean, if look, the feminist movement works when the men are when the men are, are losers. Yeah. Like if if the you know what power does I mean, again, if, if, the, if, if a woman is in relation with a man who is a good, solid man that has his crap together, yeah. that's got his life in order, that's being a good you know, father, that's being a good husband, that is the type of man that the woman wants to be with and wants to follow, I don't think the feminist movement would, take, would really take much hold. So I think the feminist movement is, is actually a, uh, you know, a, a, a factor of, of weak men. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, so a little bit of my background, I was a lineman for 16 years, worked for the power company local here, Rocky Mountain Power, loved my job, right? And when you think of lineman, you think of guys climbing, you know, tall poles out in your backyard or um, putting up power lines in the middle of the night. That's us, right? I mean, my job typically would be a 16 hour day and that's kind of, so, so I started from there and then I moved on to, I, I wanted a change in life and I went ahead and, and went through this change. I guess you could call it drastic change. It started with India. 
I, uh, my wife and I went on vacation to India and let me tell you, holy smokes. You ever been there? Are you kidding me? No way. Oh my gosh. That place. So my buddy, uh, his brother is his brother's wife has a, uh, travel agency. So she always gets these epic trips for next to free. Yeah. So my buddy called me up. Hey dude, we're going to go to India. And I'm like, India, we're going to, uh, sounds like we got a break coming on here. We'll be back on the other side with Colby's story about India. (laughs) You're listening to K-Talk Radio, KBJA 1640 AM, Sandy, Salt Lake City, and all across the Wasatch Front. Bring you live local two-way talk. Tuesdays are the worst. They're all that stands between you and the downhill part of the week. But now they're a lot less worse. Because Wing Tuesdays at B-Dubs are buy one, get one free traditional wings. So Monday, you may kick off the week. Wednesday, you may have a cool nickname. Thursday, you might be the almost weekend. But watch your back, because Tuesdays just officially became Wing Tuesdays. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Buy one traditional wings order and get one of equal value free. Participation and promotional details vary by location. Check in with your favorite Buffalo Wild Wings to learn more about this offer. Right now, Doctors Without Borders medical teams are operating in some of the most remote and dangerous corners of the world. When front yards become front lines, when disaster erupts, when disease rages, when communities collapse under crisis, at the crossroads of conflict and epidemic, where there are no hospitals, that's where we operate. We go where conditions are the worst because that's where we're needed most. In nearly 70 countries, we're saving lives threatened by violence, disease, malnutrition, and catastrophic events. Donors are vital to our mission. Your response is critical to our response in places where a few others will go. That's where we operate. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. And welcome back to K-Talk. We are the People Radio with uh, your host, Jason Preston and Colby Draper here on American Masculinity on Tuesday, July 5th. We are talking about what has gone wrong with men, what happened to men in this country, and uh, what do we need to do to turn things around. And Colby was telling a story about a paradigm shift he had when he was in India. Yeah, paradigm shift to uh, say the least. If you've been to India, you know what kind of paradigm shift you have. So I, so my buddy, he uh, he gets me this epic deal, and it's right around Christmas time, right? So I decide, hey, I'm gonna give my wife this vacation to India, like totally epic, all paid, you know, paid for, and it's gonna be a surprise for Christmas. You know, my wife's gonna love this. I was so stoked. I couldn't wait to give it to her on Christmas Day. So. Get it all planned out. Christmas morning, my wife opens this up. I've got a huge book of India, got all the papers, all of our flight data, and all this other stuff, right? She starts crying. 
just throws the book down, starts crying, runs out of the room, super mad. Just over the top mad. I'm not going to India. There's no way I'm going to India. And so what turned into be a, oh, this is an exciting adventure to, oh, no, my wife's not going, period. So Christmas wasn't that great, to say the least. <laughs> it was a... It was, it was pretty, uh, it's pretty epic what happened. But so anyway, we get to go to India and, you know, a week before my wife still say no way. And she finds out she's pregnant. Oh, geez. Yeah. So then she definitely doesn't want to go. I don't want to go drink the water. We don't know how safe it is. I don't want to, I know. And if you've ever been to India, you can't breathe. Most of the city, you cannot breathe because it is so thick with just smoke and just, the nastiest stuff in the air over there from pollution, right? So she doesn't want to go. So I'm trying to drum up some friends to go with me so I don't have to go by myself and somebody to fill the ticket that we already paid for. Anyway, she ends up getting on the plane the last minute. We get to India, and it was a life-changing event. But there is something about... Western culture doesn't understand the man anymore they don't understand what manhood is about eastern you go into the eastern hemisphere they understand what it takes to be a man and we got to see india in depth you know just not what you see on tv we went in the backwoods we saw a lot of it and the father is a huge role in society there huge role i mean the family is so strong in india that it changed my perspective on what a strong family looks like after seeing some of those families how tight they are for even when the kids get old enough to move on it was epic so that was the start of my um when i truly understood what a man should be and what a family should be and the impact and the role that the father has on his children is and on society frankly was was pretty special but i'll tell more about india in shows to come because i've got so many so many examples and stories from there that are pretty awesome so again get, going back to why like <clears throat> kind of the why is what what is the why is the father so important like what happens what, and not just the father but the, the husband the man why is that such a significant thing in society why do we need families why do we need fathers why does it matter um I know you well, said you had some statistics. Yeah, I'll, Sh- I'll, share, tell, you exactly. share his, I'll, I'll tell you exactly preach. why it's important. Yeah. How about 70% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes? Wow. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 90%. Wow. 85% all children who show behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. That is incredible. I mean, the list is long. 80% of rapists, anger problems are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. I mean, I can go on and on and on. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. 71% so, of and, and that's a huge one. Hit, hit, hit the prison one again. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. So... You know, and this is this is why again I, th- I think we have a, a problem in this country with, with fathers, because you look at the crime, you look at our prisons that are that are busting out of the seam, you know, you look at uh, you know the the cr- the crime, and again, no one's addressing the root of the issue. Yeah, no one. 
you know, we, we, uh, we're going to build more prisons. We, we make legislation. We hire more police. We spend more money, you know, policing and, and, you know, and housing criminals and, and, uh, but the real, no one addresses the root of the issue. We talk about abortions. Yeah. You know, we talk about the problem with, you know, these children out of wedlock. But no one talks about, you know, the, the lack of the father. You talk about gun crimes in there. Mm-hmm. And we want to ban guns. But how, when's the last time we heard a politician talk about, hey, you know, what are we going to do about the fatherlessness? What are we doing about the men in this country that they're not raising their kids? And that's what's causing... You, no one wants to talk about the root of the issue. And the root of the issue isn't guns when it comes to gun crimes. It's it's dad. It's, yeah. Where, yeah. it's where in the hell are the men? Yeah. Uh, the same with the incarcerations, like you were talking about. Oh, what... So we're the number one country in the world that has that's got its people incarcerated. Well, there's a reason why they're incarcerated. And like I was just talking about before, the Western Hemisphere, for some reason, doesn't think that the man should be a man anymore and that the father should go, you know, the father role should go to a mother now and, you know, basically just have a mother raising these kids. And so what, what do we do? Oh, well, we need to let more people out of prison because we have more people in prison than any other country, so we need to start being more liberal on all this. No, that's not the problem. That's just like Jason was saying. That's not the problem at all. It's, it, there's more to it, obviously. Yeah, and I think you got it right there. 70, what was that? 71% of pregnant teenagers. Okay, we talk about abortions. What is it? 71% of pregnant teenagers come, what is that? 71% of pregnant teenagers lack a father. And this is all from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Yeah, and, that, and that's a little bit old. I guarantee that, that statistic's way higher than that now. How about school problems? We've got problems with, with our schools. How about that? 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. Again, how much money are we dumping into our school systems? How much money are we, are we, are we fixing putting Band-Aids on a society when the real issue, when the biggest issue in this family is the, in this country is the failure of men. I mean, look at that right there. 75% of adolescents, uh, patients in chemical abuse centers, fatherless homes. Yeah. Let me ask you this. When you went to school, how many male teachers did you have? Not many. Not many. Right now, you know how many male teachers we have? One of nine. One in nine teachers is male. Where, it, well, what, what's the problem with that? Where do you see a problem? Is there a problem with that? Well, here, here's the problem. You know, we've got uh, over half half the kids growing up in, in, without a father in the home, right? Yeah. Half half yeah. the kids are in divorced family. So, he, so here's a problem: is if you've got a boy, a little boy, mm-hmm. who's who's growing up in a home, there's no dad there. Where does that little boy learn to be a man? School, his friends, other influencers. I mean, like you're saying, I mean, it goes right straight to teachers. It's teachers. not mom, right? Does, no. does mom? No, 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 no. So, so, so here's our listeners. And by the way, listeners, we'd love to have you call in. Because, uh, again, it, it, do you think this is the biggest issue facing this country? I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, what's happened to men in America? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Our call-in number is 385 385- Three three zero five nine zero zero. Again, it's three eight five three three zero five nine zero zero, and it's extension one hundred. And uh, the topic today with uh, Colby Draper and your host Jason Preston is what is happening to the men in this country. 
Uh, it is clearly, you know, the root of, of some of the biggest problems we have as a country is the, is the failure of men. What happened and how do we fix it? So lo- love to hear your thoughts on it. But um, so, so like you were saying, where, where are they learning to become a man? If there's no man in their house, they have no father. Where do you think they're learning it from? There, there's a book. It's called the uh, the Boy Crisis, and one of the, I forget the name, but I'll pull it up in a minute. But uh, one of the things they they talk about in there is that these boys who grow up in these broken homes, they have mothers who have no idea how to raise a boy to be a man. And what they end up doing is raising boys who their main objective is to please women. Mm-hmm. And the consequences of that, and then same thing. Then they go to school, and they have female teachers raising boys to, you know, please a woman. Yeah. I mean, they, they, how, how does a woman teach a boy to be a man? Yeah. There's no way. I mean, watching my wife with my children, uh, yeah, I've got five children, and watching my wife, she just barely str- she struggles to to keep them. Uh, to keep him fed, keep him clothed, keep him bathed. I mean, it's a full-time job for her, let alone to be able to teach her, teach kids how to be, you know, men, how to raise them. I mean, if she was alone, she'd just be surviving. I mean, that's what single moms do. They just, they survive. I mean, they're troopers. I can't believe what they do. I just can't believe what my wife does, but they don't have time to be teaching boys how to be men. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's a time. I don't think they know how. No, yeah. They're, they're, and I don't think it. I don't think it's. By, I think it's by design. I don't think that is the role of the mothers yeah. to teach a boy to be a man. I think that is the role of the father. And I think that's why you look at the crime. You, you look at all these problems. Is these boys are are we have a we have a problem in in this country where we have adult males who are adults, but they're still boys. Yeah. We we have a nation of boys of grown up boys. And, uh, you know, and, and the fact matters, they don't have their own lives in order that, you know, they're a mess. They're not taking care of their wives. They're not taking care of their kids and, and they're out still playing video games and and looking, you know, to pleasure themselves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, and, and here's what's frustrating. Here's where the rubber hits the road. You look at, you know, 2020, 2021, 22, where we've had the government, uh, completely start stepping out of line. It was it the the fathers that stood up and said enough's enough. You're not gonna you know be abusing our our children. No, no. Who was it? It was the moms. Is the, the mama mothers. bears? Yeah, mama it's, bears. It's, stood it's up. the mama bears. Yep. And you know my hats off to the mama bears because it's the mama bears that have been standing up and and rain, trying to rein this country in. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's the Lauren, it's the Bobarts, and you know it's it's. I mean, it's we have a ton of them here in Utah. Incredible mama bears. But, you know, what are we going to do to get the men going? That's Because I think once the men start showing up, we're, we're going to clean house. Oh, we turn the tide for sure. So back to the school issue, what, uh, what do you think we do there? I mean, obviously we know that the whole thing needs to be overturned, but, uh, you know, starting with the Department of Education, we need to get rid of that right off the bat. But uh, what, can, uh, what can the education system give our children to become men? That's a, I mean, that's a good question. I think obviously you mentioned earlier hiring more male teachers, um, but I think that there's a deeper challenge in the school system, and that's I think the school system has actually 
you know, it's become so progressive that the school system itself is is teaching principles that uh, devalue the role of men mm-hmm. in general. You know, when when you have schools that are promoting you know Marxist ideologies and and uh, downplaying the role of men, when you have schools that are having you know these uh, drag queens you know story hours. Uh, I mean, in fact, you know, there was actually a great article right here in the Epic Times <clears throat> talking about what's going on. It says, uh, American boys and men are in a state of crisis. The notion that masculinity and traditional gender roles are toxic forces of oppression is a common refrain in our cultural commentary in schools. Men are dropping out of labor force and, and dying deaths of despair. We live in a culture where leg- where legislation aimed to promote fatherhood is criticized and drag queens reading to children in public libraries are celebrated. That's disgusting. That's, 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 that's wild. The fact that ho- homicide is the leading cause of death for young black males. Gl- listen to this. Homicide is the leading cause of death for young black males. And more than 70% of black children are born to unmarried parents. How, how do you survive like that? You don't. Uh, and I, we talk about the blacks, but I, it's, it's, it's happening with white, with all races, really, right now. Because of the destruction of family, it's coming to all races. Because before it was the destruction of the father in the, in the black home. It was, you know, it was typical that it was pretty studied that the lack of the man in the black home was, you know, you're having all these problems with the children, but now it's, it doesn't matter the race because of the family breakdown. I mean, whites are going through it. Every race is going through that in this country. Yeah. And I think again, you, you destroy, you destroy the man, you destroy the marriage, you destroy the marriage, you destroy the family, you destroy the family, you destroy society. Yeah. Speaking of destroying a society, have you guys heard about the, uh, the event coming to the Gallivan Center this July 7th. You tell heard, tell, tell us what's coming to oh. the Gallivan Center on July oh, 7th. Oh, get your tickets now. It's a, cor- a quorum of the Queen's Family Drag Show. Wow. Be a Fam- good one family go. Drag Show. Is that, is that, is that yeah. a family night? Yep, that's family <laughs> night. Yes, definitely. Get your tickets. And it's free. Uh, you know what? Bet it's family friendly. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. What do you guys think about that? Having a family drag queen show in, in Utah. Do you guys think that's is that going to be highly attended? Do you think? I mean, what do you, do you think that's going to go anywhere? Or do you think it's going to kind of uh, fizzle? You know, I would have said it would have gone nowhere five years ago. I said no. There's there's zero chance. Now, I won't be shocked to see that this thing's completely packed. I really won't. That's uh, one thing I'd be curious for our our, our listeners is is that because I've had some conversation with people I've had some people say you know live and let live because uh, we talked about is we are the people do we show up do we, is mm-hmm. this something we go to is we are the people and show up and and uh, protest and I've had some people say no you know what live and let live uh, you know you do you th- your thing let them do theirs what do you guys think something like that these family drag a family drag show is that uh, is that something that's that should be stopped is that okay is that live and let live or is that pushing things too far well i I think it's pushing things too far i think that's the destruction of family you let things come into your society like that and they continue to come it never stops if you don't slow it down if you don't stop it now it never slows down and it just continues to snowball and so i think the snowball effect comes into play there Uh, what can you do to stop it that's a great question 
Well, let me let me play devil's advocate here for you. Yeah. I mean, look, if someone wants to go to something like that, isn't that their prerogative? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. I mean, is that? I mean, well, it doesn't. Is, it, is this a live and let live thing, or or you know, is this? It's the destruction of the family. I mean, you can let it go. I mean, that's fine. You you don't have to go. You choose. Hey, everyone's got freedom of choice. That's great. I mean, that's 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 our biggest blessing being here is freedom of choice, right? So, I think that's fine. But on the other hand, it's just one more thing to drag the family down. And if we're having serious issues with men being men. Well, there you go. Well, July 7th, that is Thursday, 8 o'clock p.m., we have the Quorum of the Queen's Family Drag Show talking about men. What do you guys think? We're getting ready to come on into commercial break here on the other side. We will join us as we continue to talk about what do we need to do to get this country back. KBJA 1640 AM, Sandy, Salt Lake City, and all across the Wasatch Front, bringing you live local two-way talk. Sitting in the garage again, huh? Yeah. All alone? Yeah. On our son's bicycle? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to be without your bike, so do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. And when you ride with us for four straight years without an accident, we won't count your first one against you, no matter how much it costs. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Accident forgiveness not available in all states. Right now. Doctors Without Borders medical teams are operating in some of the most remote and dangerous corners of the world. When front yards become front lines, at the crossroads of conflict and epidemic, where there are no hospitals, that's where we operate. Your response is critical to our response in places where few others will go. That's where we operate. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. And welcome back to We Are The People Radio and American Masculinity here on K-Talk 1640 with your hosts Jason Preston and Colby Draper on Tuesday, July 5th here at uh, 4.41 p.m. So we're going to listen to a little clip here on uh, one of the men who has had a, what, what many would say, this man has had a bigger impact on helping uh, boys and uh, adult males become men than any other man uh, in, in the world right now. Someone who has been uh, massive, someone who's followed huge on social media, uh, attracting huge crowds and really shaping the world in, in incredible ways. That is uh, Jordan Peterson. And uh, we're going to hear a little clip from Jordan Peterson where he talks about the need for building men and getting men to step up and uh, resume their role in society. We've met some of your fans and uh, we got the impression they were all male fans, the ones that we talked to. Um, and that they were struggling with their manhood and that you uh, give them this message that it's okay to be a man. It's not okay. It's necessary. 
the hell are we going to do without men? You look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up, these men, they're doing impossible things. They're under the streets, working on the sewers, they're up on the power lines, in the storms, in the, in the rain. They're keeping this impossible infrastructure functioning, this thing that works in a miraculous manner. They work themselves to death, and often literally, and, and the, the, um, the gratitude for that is sorely lacking, especially among the people who should be most grateful. You see university professors, especially of the social justice bent, who are among the most protected and privileged people that the world has ever produced. They take everything they have for granted, failing to understand entirely that there's a massive infrastructure of unbelievably hardworking, solidly laboring, working class men breaking themselves in half on a regular basis making sure that everything that always breaks works and so a little gratitude for that is in order and it's very useful to tell everyone not just men that they have an important role to play a necessary role and that if they act properly and honestly and forthrightly that they can put their lives together and they can help their families and they can make their communities better and that that's not toxic masculinity that appalling phrase it's what keeps the world going round if we had any sense we'd understand that instead of doing everything at every possible moment to label what we have in the west as oppressive and patriarchal and and, and fundamentally predicated on power of all the insane propositions. Anybody who's ever worked for a functional organization knows perfectly well that the organization isn't predicated on power. You have a boss who's, whose fundamental motivation is power. Well, first of all, the probability that he's going to be successful is very low because everyone will be working against him behind the scenes. The people who are successful are good mentors and they're hard workers and they're productive and they're competent and they do their job properly and they do everything they can. My observation has been that they do everything they can to find junior colleagues who have potential and possibility and work diligently to further their careers and find that a major, if not the major, source of satisfaction in their life. Certainly the people I've met in my life who've been very successful, and I've met many very successful people, are thrilled to death when they can find someone who's young and willing and able and conscientious and straightforward and diligent and they open doors for them in every direction they can possibly manage and none of that's credited to the oppressive capitalist patriarchal system which also is doing miracles is performing miraculously all around the world raising the standard of living of poor people everywhere in the world at a rate that's unprecedented in human history. Well, that is awesome. He is, I was a lineman, like I said, 
for the power company and we would go out in the middle of the night power lines down people have been out of power sometimes day i went back on hurricane sandy you know it's been 10 years ago or somewhere around there we went back people had been out of power for two three weeks and we were getting cheered up and down the street when we drive up and down the street people were bringing us food and drinks and we were absolute heroes there then we come back here people are out of power for one day and like he was talking about in that clip people have no gratitude for us for men that are out there working in a blizzard of a snowstorm to get your power back on instead people are mad and furious that their house is cold or in the summer they're sweating and their freezers don't work and their fridge isn't working and oh what are we gonna do no gratitude at all that's hard for a lot of a lot of my coworkers. that's hard right why do you want to continue in a job where all you do is get put down that you're the problem that that power line outside fell down from a windstorm or a drunk driver ran into the power pole knocking out the power for thousands of people yeah I, you know that's the thing that stuck out to me too when he's talking about is gratitude and recognition you know you really think about <clears throat> it is miraculous i mean it it truly is miraculous that i mean the, the very fact that we're sitting here talking over the over the airways you know that we have the technology we have we we live we live a, in a in a life that most of humanity could have never imagined. I mean, it's magical the way we live. I mean, to be able to speak over the radio, to be able to live in air-conditioned buildings. I mean, we truly live as kings. And it, 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 is, it is the, uh, you know, Western civilization, uh, the principles of Western civilization that have, that have given us this untold prosperity. And... And it's sad because right now you see this movement in, in the intellectuals to completely, you know, no appreciation for Western society to completely dismantle what this country was built upon. And, you know, what the, the, the this, uh, and again, nothing's, there is no perfect system, but Western civilization has, I mean, allowed us to live in a way that most of humanity could have never dreamed and it's and it is frustrating when you look and you see this war on 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 men because i think you see a lot of men right now that feel like they don't feel they don't recognize how important they are and when they don't feel how when they don't recognize the importance of fatherhood and and of and of being a husband i think what that leads to is it leads to men realizing that we're thinking that hey it's what i do is not that meaningful so what does it matter if I check out? What does it matter if I, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not t providing for my kids? You know, some my wife can do it, or the government can do it, or someone else can do it. You know, I'm not not necessarily in 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 the. You know, my role is not so necessary. So, what does it matter if I just check out and I'm you know playing video games or check out and just you know caught up in in my, in my own self. But I think this world needs men. I think you know corrupt. Corruption runs rampant when we have men that are that are not that are not leading the, you know their communities, and I think you know that is exactly what. If I was a tyrant, I would want the men checked out. I'd want I'd, I would not want them holding me accountable. I would not want them leading in their homes and their communities. 
you know, that reminds me of, that takes me back to the elementary school thing that we were talking about earlier. Recess is almost completely extinct. So boys come to the conclusion that they aren't good at school and they don't try as hard. There's no physical activity anymore because it's woman dominated, right? I mean, think about the diaries and first person narratives, the writing styles that girls love. That's exactly what's going on in schools over comic books, science fiction, and other themes that boys love. I think a lot of this is starting with schools. I, I really feel like that's it. And I would like to hear from callers. Just, what do you think it is, callers? What, go ahead and call us. 385-330-5900. Again, it's 385-330-5900. Yeah, you know, this nation is on the verge of going down, and I think a lot of that has to do with with men being checked out. Hmm. You know, you look at, uh, I love studying the... Um, Spartans and, yeah. and the Athens and and uh, the you know the time, even our founding fathers or or uh, you know you you uh, you watch Braveheart a nation of of warrior men of men who are strong of men who are self reliant it's hard to take down but when you have a nation of men who are just looking you know for someone to give them you know bread and circus. Uh, a nation of men who want to be entertained, a nation of men who uh, who are, you know, consumed in entertainment and porn and video games. That's a that's a nation of weak men, and and, and I think one reflection you can see of how weak we've become as as men is our obsession with safety. Oh, right, like uh, these like these warrior cultures before, like there was no obsession with being safe. No. Yeah, but now like we our, our our boys leave home and it's like, "Oh, do you have do you have a helmet? Do you have knee pads? Do you have elbow pads?" <laughs> you know, we, we you know, don't leave where I can't see. You. We we are we are creating such sheltered and weak boys. And these sheltered and weak boys, and that's part of the lack of fatherhood because you know, when that's and that's the role of the mother is to protect and nurture. But when the when you go overboard on on protecting and nurturing these boys, and there's no dad to say, hey, you know what? It's okay. Go out and break your, you know, bust your knee open. Go ahead and fall down. It's okay. Get back up. You're going to be all right. You create a, you create a nation of weak males. And I'll tell you, you know, you look at our our military right now. With you know, we're we're, we're we have you know men in the military that are feeling they need to be concerned about their pronouns and concerned about you know what gender they're called and when how to identify themselves. Um, I, our enemies are laughing. You know, Russia, China, they're laughing at, at the weakness of the men in our culture. Yeah, they'll. I'm sure they'll be laughing after this uh, Gallivan Center event coming on July seventh. With the uh, with the uh, drag show, you know, and they actually want you to wear a mask there. They're preferred. <laughs> I mean, do you expect anything different? It says right in there that they they prefer you to wear a mask. I, I mean that you know, this is a, all other cultures are just absolutely laughing at this. This is this is laughable, and to think that it's coming to the Galvin Center and, in our society, and this is what we call in our in our country and in this state is progressive. Yeah, men dressing as women, you know, twerking in front of little kids, you know, we we call that progressive, and and uh, that's what we want to celebrate. 
and you, you know, with sure you know, that's that. that's worth celebrating. Yet we call you know men that are acting in roles of father and men, you know, who are blue collar workers and and uh, you know out who like shoot guns. We call that toxic. Yeah. We I think we truly live in a in a world where good is bad and and bad is portrayed as good. Light is dark and dark is you know light. And I think it really you know shines through with with the men. Sure does. Yeah, man. The men. The thing is, it's not all the man's fault. Is it all the man's fault? We're becoming less and less. What? what I mean, we blamed it on society. We blamed it on single moms. We blamed it on the school system. Where does the blame stop? The man. The man. Right. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This. I mean, yeah, we can point. We can definitely look at culture. We can look at Hollywood. We can look at the media. We can look at the schools. We can look at you know the TV programs. I mean, there's a lot of things that are that are um, that are shaping culture and that are and are destroying the men. But ultimately, the buck has to stop somewhere. And to me, the buck stops with the man. Like I can sit and blame society for you know, if, and I can blame my parents. My parents were divorced. Yeah. I was twelve years old. My parents got divorced. I was raised by a mom and in a divorced home, and and um, I can blame society and then all the problems I went through with you know as, as my childhood and the way I was raised, and uh, you know, but ultimately the buck stops with me. You know, I mean. You know, and that's one of the sad things about divorce is when you when you grow up in a divorced home, the likelihood of you being divorced is 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 significantly higher because again, where do you learn to model being a father and a husband? You learn it from home. And if you grow up in a broken home or a dysfunctional home, where are you you know, what are you learning from T V how to be a good father and a good husband? No, I mean you're not learning it from the media, you're not learning from Hollywood. But <clears throat> ultimately I think it's it's look. At some point, the man has to look in the mirror and say, "My life's not okay. My family's not okay. Uh, you know what I'm doing, and, and and I'm not. I'm. I know I could be more." And he has to stand up and be more. I mean, who else do you blame? I mean, it's all about accountability. I think that's the very definition of being man. A man is someone who takes responsibility for his life and the people around him. And how do you take that responsibility? Playing the devil's advocate. How do you take responsibility if you don't know what that responsibility looks like? Because one, you didn't have a father in the home. Two, you have no male figures or friends that are manly that you can find that from. I mean, how do you, do you just watch TV? I mean, you can't watch TV. I mean, read up and try to figure out how to be a man. I mean, you know, how do, what do you do? I mean, that's that's seriously a, a legitimate question because, again, you look at these stats you brought up of, uh, you know, 80% of these rapists, these people in prison, they're all from fatherless homes. Uh, obviously, they're damaged beyond any any level that most of us could comprehend. But uh, we're getting ready to come into our uh, top of the hour news. And uh, we've got uh, Savvy, who's going to be joining us on the other side. And we're going to talk about this. What can we do and what can you do? We'll uh, see you on the other side.
Welcome back to We Are The People Radio on K-Talk 1640. Your host, Jason Preston with The Colby Draper. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. On American Masculinity. That's the way you do it. And uh, we are back again, back in action. We've got a special guest, Miss Savvy. Savvy. Sir. She's going to give some of her input on these weak men. And we've got someone who's been on hold for a little bit here. So we're going to bring back on uh, Jason Anderson. Thank you for being so patient with this. Jason Anderson, you are on live. I think Jason's been very patient. He's might have been too patient. We might have lost him. Jason Anderson, are you still on the, on the line? Uh, Jason, go ahead and call back. We'll catch you uh, on the next one. Okay. So, welcome back to the show. American Masculinity. Talking about uh, the collapse of the man. Yeah. It's the th- beta male. The rise of the beta male. Well, he does... We're, we're, we we're talking about the rise of the beta male. Savvy, what do you think about all these beta males out here these days? Oh. Um, I think... <laughs> you like those beta males? I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I definitely think we are in a very soft... Oh, that's Jason. Okay. We will come back to uh, hear Miss Savvy's thoughts. Jason Anderson, you're on live. K-Talk 1640 with Jason Preston and Colby Draper. How we doing, sir? Hi, guys. I was doing well today. I was listening to the show earlier before the top of the hour news. And I've got to say, um, I've got to ask you a question. Have you guys uh, actually uh, listened to or know of Yuri Bezmanov? No. Say it one more. Who is it? Yuri Bezmanov. No, we're looking it up now. Okay. B-Z-M-O-V. Um, he was actually a KGB defector uh, that had a really interesting story. But throughout the 90s, he talked about the Soviet uh, influence, the KGB, and what the real true purpose and role of the KGB uh, was as far as influencing American culture in order to bring it to this place. If you remember correctly on history, when you look at Khrushchev at the UN pulling his shoe off and banging his, you know, shoe against the podium and saying, You're, in two generations, you guys are going to wake up in communism, the heavy influence of the Soviets, especially within academia, has been a very profound thing. And everything that Yuri Bezmenov had laid out during the 1990s and the way that he had stated and perpetrated the KGB as far as their influence, uh, is coming to manifestation and fruition right before our eyes. That's wild, isn't it? It, it, it is it wild is. to think that what we're what we're witnessing, you know, the the, the the collapse of Western civilization, the collapse of the family, the collapse of the men. It's it's almost hard to fathom that this could be orchestrated. Is that what you're saying? Do you, would you believe? Would you agree with that? That this has been orchestrated by. Uh, um, I mean, this is part of the of uh, you know the the pillars of uh, the Communist Party. What is it? The uh, what is it? The pil- what is what is the 
what is the, the how many pillars were Sun, there? Sun, Sun Tzu, Sun Tzu, the art of war. Mm-hmm. Sun Tzu in the art of war talks about economically damaging your opponent so that you can walk in without firing a shot. Now you look at how dependent we've become because Bill Clinton during the 90s had basically given the Chinese uh, carte blanche, then they move into the world of the uh, UN and is giving most uh, favored trade status. Right. Now all of a sudden you've got over 30,000 Chinese spies stealing technology. This, we moved our entire manufacturing base to China. What do you think this is about? These guys are not stupid. They've had this plan for a very long time. Now the chickens come home to roost. Yeah. So, wh- how do you fix it? Uh, let's talk about it, Jason. And, and Jason, let me ask you: Do, do you agree with that statement that um, that the failure of men is ultimately the uh, heart of the issue here in this country? Now I feel it's the, the um, failure of men and women. And, and you know, if you look at the women and the big battle that's going on right now, as far as turning states' rights. Uh, on Roe v. Wade, you've got to realize that this is a part of the same indoctrination. Uh, having strong men, you're, you're going to have a degradation. I mean, you're not going to have a degradation. But if you have weak men and weak women, and the uh, cast, emotional castration of men and women who are plotting it and women who are willing to kill their own babies, you've got a recipe for disaster. Yeah, no doubt. Here, here's here's where I'm going to throw a little uh, challenge at you. You know these uh, these women um, that uh, are on the extreme left. These women, these these radicals. Do you think they'd be so radical if they had good fathers? Well, you know, I'm not so sure on that one because I mean, I've watched. I mean, I'm 50 years old. My generation, Gen X. Last generation had civics classes, and you know we weren't uh, we were latchkey kids, but you know we were far from pussies. The <laughs> I think it's been a slow incremental de- degradation over the last forty years that has been inculcated as a direct result of the educational system, which is now basically government indoctrination. Um, when I would have an interview, um, <clears throat> Alex Newman on the morning show. Uh, inside the news with Paul Jensen and myself, uh, we would talk to Alex Newman, who wrote a brilliant book on it called Crimes of the Educators. And you've got to remember that jo- uh, Dewey was a communist. And yeah, you've got to remember John Dewey was a Fabian socialist. Yeah, absolutely. Fabian socialist. And he came, uh, he was one of the precursors to the progressive movement that happened in the 20s that gave us uh, the likes of, you know, Woodrow Wilson. Right. So you've got a slow incrementalism that's happening, but you got to remember a lot of these uh, cultures that have been wanting to take the United States down, they always play the long game. And we, are, we have gotten so caught up in the what I call the 30-second cut, and you watch the movies from the 1950s, which my daughter loves, there's a full conversation with one or two minute scenes where you're actually listening to dialogue, uh, yet in Hollywood today and on all TV, it's a flashing back and forth on a massive editing. It's actually, in my opinion, and this is my own humble opinion, caused a lot of the ADD. It's caused a lot of the inculcation. So you've got, in my opinion, a very, um, a lot of influences, a lot of different um, strata that has gone into the degradation of the cultural uh, fabric of what America has been made great about, uh, especially during after World War II. Yeah, 
you know, you bring up some very good points, Jason. I appreciate you calling in because I think that's something that's, that's to me so mind-boggling is the strategy that, and I don't want to call it the left because I believe it's actually been both sides that have played this. This is not right versus left, but the strategy on, on driving us into, you know, this, um, into this Marxist ideology is they've been slow, they've been methodical, they've been strategic, they've taken over our schools, they've taken over Hollywood, the news, DC. I mean, it has been like so strategic. And here's my question. What, what has been the right's response to all this? I, you know, and I, I struggled with that, you know, and Paul Jensen, I went back and forth as well as Alex Newman and Joel Skousen for, you know, five years I was doing the morning show with those guys. It, it's a very difficult prospect. I think the, the biggest key to it's going to be primarily us taking a hardcore look at our local government and our local government officials and working from the ground up. We've been so focused as conservatives on the national uh, side of things, so afraid of, of centralized control, which is exactly what the left leads to. The rhino Republicans, I mean, Mitch McConnell sells this out. He is not a, a, a conservative. Half of the Republican Party is not conservative. They're token conservatives. And what Rhinos. they're there for, in my opinion, is very simply there to slowly compromise us into the position that we've been in. They are on the exact same side, so I agree with you on that. They are very much part of the problem. Uh, Mitch McConnell being married to a Chinese woman who has been invited to China. They have business deals over there. You can't tell me that there's not an entrenchment with there. You look yeah. at Biden with uh, the laptop. So what I think is going to be the – I think what's going to happen, and this is what scares the hell out of me, I suspect that the internal polling is showing that there's going to be a, a, a true red wave tsunami this November, the likes of which this country has never seen. And I think the Democrats and the Republicans know that in Washington. What scares the hell out of me is the false flag events that are going to start, start cropping up. They're going to be so major between now and January when these uh, are, are voted in. Um, but that's going to be a very, very interesting thing to watch. Yeah. Well, Jason, I want to uh, thank you for calling in. Very, very in- intelligent uh conversation uh one last question for you and then we're gonna uh jump on jump off here but um you talk about this big red wave the tsunami right what happened what happened to that in utah well see now that's when i mean you guys i probably ought to get your phone number but um that's where you get people like jennifer Wharton, who was on talks with john and he'll be on with uh, paul jensen on this thursday um, she is getting uh, threatened by the state. She is getting shut down by the state. But she's uncovering the uh, voter fraud that happens here in Utah. Utah gets glanced over and does not get looked at because of the, uh, the polish and shine and the sheen that we have on our state as far as being traditionally um, conservative. And yet now we have a lot of uh, liberal leftist influence within Salt Lake City. But there is some real hardcore shenanigans. The other thing is, is that before Mitt Romney was put into office, they had changed the rules in the primaries. That's where you get uh, Ben McClintock. Um, there is a lot of nastiness, and there's a Utah deep state that is ungodly. Yeah. And there are people now starting to uh, really rise up on that. So, you know, you can contact me later, put me on hold, I'll give you my number, but I can get you in contact with her because... No, we, I'm good friends with Jen. Paul. No, we're good. I'm, I'm actually good friends with Jen, so we've, we've got her contact. But uh, I think you're oh, right there. Okay, yeah. But uh, 
Well, Jason, phenomenal. Uh, so, again, thank you for your real quick, comments. Real quick, look up Erie Besmanov. Take uh, a few hours uh, this weekend or when you get some time. Really analyze and take a look at it because you will see that the patterns that he laid out in the 90s are happening right before your eyes. Great show today, guys. Have a good day and enjoy. God bless you, Jason. So, uh, Savannah, Savvy. All right. So... We're talking about the beta males here in uh, in this in this state in other, in the country. Mm-hmm. We have we have a nation of, of uh, beta males. Are you, what do you uh, attribute it to? Well, so I I personally think that one of the reasons we've had such a big collapse with manhood and masculinity partly has to do with the women as well. Like, obviously, the women definitely play a part within where the standards of men are held to. So I definitely think that one of the biggest issues we have right now is the radical feminist movement. And I think it plays a huge part in uh, targeting manhood and targeting masculinity. So I don't know if that was off target of what you wanted me to talk about. but No, how so? I... I feel as though manhood and masculinity right now is uh, such a touchy subject because I feel like there's so much pressure under men, especially younger men specifically, um, to do so many things that are naturally not in their DNA. Like so many... To impress the woman. Exactly. Yes. And there's so much tippy-toeing that men have to do right now, not just for women, but general social media standards. You know, they're not vulnerable enough. You know, they're not, they're not feminine enough. They're not soft enough. You know, it's, it's the top, the toxic masculinity. So I think it's. So, So you're saying in order to get the girl, they've got to be a beta male. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, I, I think women now are, I wouldn't say women are at the best, highest quality in today's standards. And I think because women's qualities are so low right now, that... What do you mean by women's qualities? I mean standards and moral values. So I think in general, the quality standard of what a what it means to be a woman today is much lower than it's ever been in history, which that follows up to the standards of what is a man. What is a man's role? Because with the women's roles, it's women are taking on more masculine roles than women have ever taken on history. You know, more women are expected to hold um, careers, not be stay at home moms, uh, go to work every day. It's, it's looked down upon to be a stay at home mom and to be, you know, a little bit more submissive in their feminine role. The problem with that is it's almost pushed men outside of their own roles so it's I there there's a balance you know and I do think that it has made it a little rougher and it's made it a little bit more extreme um in today's society because now men are seeking roles that they can play but how can they seek the roles that their natural DNA is meant to do when women are already expected to take on those roles as well does that make sense? Yeah. That, I kind of went yeah. off a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you look for in a man then? Tell us. We, <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Well, for one, not a beta. 
Um, I, I, th- I think in general, most women strive and are seeking guidance and purpose. I think most people seek that naturally. I know women do, especially a lot of women um, around my age are they're they're seeking guidance, purpose, and and just strong men with strong values in general, you know. And I do think that part of the women's roles play a part in in seeking that, you know. Like there's a lot of women out there who are, you know, I would say living to low quality standards, and yet they're complaining and they're upset that they're not finding a strong value men, but yet they're not holding themselves to their own strong value. So it's a very it's a tricky balance, but yeah. So <clears throat> you talk about these women living these low quality standards. Are you talking mm-hmm. about women being hussies? Is that what we're talking <laughs> about here? Like women being easy? <laughs> and that and is that what you're talking about? Be, be specific. I, okay. I mean, like, let's say like social media, for example, right? Like I think... I think when it comes to the morals, you know, uh, of women and like, let's take it to the feminist movement, for example, right? I think the feminist movement, the purpose of the feminist movement was to value the woman and it was to empower and to encourage women. But I believe, and it's obvious that the feminist movement has done everything opposite of empowering. It's literally degraded the value of a woman and the morals. And it's encouraging young girls to hold themselves to low values, like using their bodies for attention, you know, or um, just being provocative and such. So with that being said, I feel like it has definitely, I feel like it's set an example for the men, you know, like women do set examples for men as well as men set examples for women. So I feel like that is definitely plays a huge part in the women's standards today. Yeah. It really seems like there's so much of culture days is degrading people and their sexuality to like animals. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's just, you know, it's where sex instead of being something that bonds a man and a woman and creates a family is, is become, something of an act of, of just a social activity that becomes a meaningless. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, you think about this feminist movement, it actually reminds me of Colby. You know, we're at the gym. We're at the gym. We're at the gym. And then, you know, Colby's wearing these tank tops and he's talking about freeing the nipple. <laughs> is, is, that, is that what we're talking about? My body, my choice. Am I right, Colby? <laughs> my body, my choice. That's right. I'll free the nipple all I want. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I definitely think that our culture has such a big influence, though, on women. Like, our culture is so confusing right now. Like, I feel like it's so it's so hard to to be a woman and a man right now. But it is hard to, to find that balance. And I think, for sure, with men, I feel like men are pretty heavily criticized all the time on social media. Like, look what happened with the Boy Scouts. Like, Boy Scouts were completely shut down completely shut down, you know, and various other programs like that. So I do think that there's definitely a war on um, masculinity and manhood, because obviously when you have masculine men who are leaders and who have an actual purpose outside of uh, themselves, then they're able to obviously have a strong foundation, you know, the family foundation and what you guys were talking about earlier. So I definitely think that there's huge war on manhood and womenhood it's it's yeah it's a disaster you know you talk about this uh, these mixed signals that these that these boys i i would hate to be a young man right now 
because you think about these young men, then the signal they're getting is, well, you have to ask permission before you do anything. Like you can't hold it. Like if you go to hold a girl's hand without, you know, consent that that's that that's like well you hold the door open in her car you can't open the door for you have to have consent for that yeah, yeah or that's right that's sexual harassment that, yeah exactly right so so that's sexual harassment if you were if you are any bit aggressive right so it encourages the males to be extremely beta but the reality is you tell me one girl that's attracted to a, a guy that does not have a set that it cannot like be somewhat forward somewhat aggressive somewhat not inappropriately aggressive but but take the lead mm-hmm. so you on one hand you tell the boys don't take the lead you know be beta sit back you know and then on the other hand the girls they punish you for being aggressive but the girl the, the guys who get the girls are aggressive mm-hmm. so it's like what what do you do for a boy it's like you cannot win i mean, no wonder these men are turning to like maybe i'll just like another man well okay i think the thing is is i think women women in general like the idea of you know being able to control the relationship or let's say if they're in a relationship they like the idea of being able to uh control how they're treated but the reality is is the problem is we've come to a point where women have the access and have the advantage of doing more than beyond controlling not only themselves and their own situations that are happening but being able to control outside of themselves like manhood and the problem is is women don't want that women don't like to control but they they think they want to but reality is is when you're actually like being able to control most of the outcomes when you're guiding and you're leading and I'm not saying and once again this is not from not trying to be too extreme here. Of course, women can completely be independent. They can have a career. They can do anything they want while still being a stay-at-home mom and being a mother and being a very feminine, you know, wife, let's say, or in a relationship. But reality is, is most women don't like to be the leader in the relationship. That's why like most careers and jobs, men genuinely make more money than women do. It has nothing to do with women's, abilities that are weaker than men's it's that women in general will take more time enjoy taking more time off in work in the workforce than men do so men naturally make more money you know so it's just that women have different qualities than men do and that's okay but right now society is constantly trying to interfere with those natural qualities that women and men hold differently and they're trying to confuse your qualities exactly and that's what i've got buddies that are single they've been single a long time and that you hit on it exactly they're trying to be somebody different when they go on a date because there's so many different standards that they have to hold themselves to they go out and say well i can't do this i can't do this they can't be themselves it's absolutely crazy what they have to go through just to be able to find a woman nowadays so i get why guys stay single for so long and it's so hard to find somebody that you want to be with because you just can't be yourself nowadays yeah. <clears throat> well, we've got a uh, caller on the air. You are on live. This is uh, We the People Radio, <clears throat> American Masculinity, with your host Jason Preston and Colby Draper, and, and uh, also special guest Miss Savvy, talking about uh, the role of men. What has happened to the men in this world? And we've got a caller. You're on live. Who do we have here with us? Yes, thank you for taking my call. This is a uh, truck driver Ray. 
Truck driver Ray. What's How you up, doing, Ray? <laughs> Where are you good, driving good. to, buddy? <laughs> okay, listen, I like to try to try to make three points and that that is the first one <clears throat> is that during World War Two, the men war and the women went to the factory to the women were glad to let the man men go back to the factories and the women to stay home and take care of the family and, and raise the kids to be the heart of the family. I mean, this was a choice of the women to, to do this, you know, and the fifties were amazing, you know? <clears throat> and so, um, I, I, I think, and, and then the, the, another quick point is, uh, during the civil war and also the, <clears throat> the, uh, American British, you know, war, a lot of women, you know, when the men went to war, they took care of the farms, totally ran the farms. And, and, um, and you also had a lot of women that were involved when the British, uh, lived in their houses, quarter them, they listened and they were spies and they would sew information into clothes and get it to George Washington. And, and even in the civil war, you had women <clears throat> bring in water and gunpowder and loading muskets. And when their husbands were shot, they would take over the canyon cannons. And, and there was women awarded, even women given pensions. Women were, uh, uh, women were amazing, weren't they, Ray? Did you get to marry one of those? Did you marry one of those amazing women by chance? Well, she, she's a farm girl from Idaho. I love it. Atta kid. And I, I grew up in L.A. in the city during the, the war, Second World War. My dad uh, moved from Utah to L.A. to work in the factory and then was drafted. They're airplane factories. And, and um, <clears throat> living in the city, I have to admit, I was amazed at how responsible farm, you know, teenagers and younger are. I mean... My wife was driving combines and slopping the pigs and feeding the cows and getting the eggs. What one really big thing was farm kids seem to know that if you don't feed the chickens, collect the eggs, you know, harvest the potatoes, you don't have breakfast. They, they got the connection. That's in absolutely the city right. That, Ray, yeah, what, in, in the, did you in the city that... Go and, ahead, Ray. Uh, you know, kids don't get the connection, you know, unless they had chores, you know, unless they would cut the lawn and, and have chores and stuff, get the connection between, you know, eating and doing the work, where the food comes from. I mean, I was amazed, at, at, you know, that my my wife, they, they didn't even grow up with a policeman. They had a constable. Wow. And people left their doors open. They go on vacation, leave the doors open, and the neighbors would go in and borrow sugar or something, and then return it. You had a real sense of community. Did you raise any boys, and, Ray? Did you have any boys? Did you raise any boys? Yes, one. And you how, know, and, and how did you raise him to, to admit, how did you raise him to be a man? Like, what what are the secrets? Well, actually, I have to confess some flaws. I did not know what the schools were doing to our children. I, I was in California, and I didn't know that Planned Parenthood 
was teaching sexual education. And, um, well, to be frank, I think one thing is a man is that they're frank. You know, it, this is kind of embarrassing, but Planned Parenthood, they, they had sheets up and put the lights out and had lights behind the sheets and had shadows uh, of teaching teenagers sex about, you know, anal sex, oral sex, um, and the shadows on, you know, I didn't know what Planned Parenthood was doing. And the teachers were slipping um, Playboy pictures in between their, the, 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 the lessons, the, the grading papers. You and know, how, back how long ago kids, was this? You know, the, how long ago was this, Ray? In the nineties, um, this this was in in yeah the eighties and nineties, the nineties. And it's yeah. crazy to think how much further we've gone from just that. How much further we are along from there. What you are experiencing, what people are going through today, raising kids. Well, it, exactly. You know, you know, something was going on, and it was hard to find out what was going on. I mean, you, you know, I, I, now. Sexual education, they want to teach it to third graders, yeah. and they want to t get, t tell them that they're supposed to be sexually active, and they need to pick a partner. Well, in the 50s, you know, you know when I, I was uh, five, six, seven, eight, girls had cooties. So if I'm they taught to do. be sexually active, if I'm taught to be sexually active, you know, and I'm supposed to pick a partner, I'm going to pick a guy for a partner, not a girl. I mean, it was like... <laughs> 10, 11, 12, 13, I became interested in the opposite sex. It's like, whoa, you know, that, um, you know, so, that, but the raising of boys, you know, in schools, you know, we had bow and arrow practice and Boy Scouts, of course, and guns. We had gun rack in the back of the trucks, you know, and we would shoot the 22. And, and so it was a whole di different atmosphere. The fathers that came back from World War II taught the, the you know the the boys to be men yeah. you know so it, in the, the 50s were real different yeah and, and the last thing I'd like to point out is medications you know we had recess you, you know we'd go out and get the ants out of our pants you know and run around and play dodgeball and and volleyball and different stuff you know um, tetherball but now they want to give boys medications say no you sit there for eight hours yeah you, you know, dope them all up or anything. Well, now I don't want to take too time. I just wanted to make those three points there. You know that where we're all dealing with it, it in our extended families. We now we all have you know girls that want to be guys and guys that want to be girls and trying to figure out where this is coming from. You know, it's coming from Planned Parenthood in the schools. Yeah, and, and the, we're giving Planned Parenthood a half a billion dollars a year. Yep. Well, truck driver Ray, I want to thank you again for calling in. Every time you call in, you have uh, very insightful comments. And uh, God bless you, brother. And, and uh, thank you for sharing those three points. Uh, we're going to probably continue to talk about some of those points you made, but uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. Thanks. And, and God bless America. Thank, thank you for getting the word out there. You know, we're, you know, I appreciate your show and what you're doing here. God bless you, truck driver Ray. Likewise. So brought, Chuck Driver Ray brought up some great points. You know, he talks about, um, you know, the sexualizing these kids at such a young age. The pornography in the schools has been going on for some time. You know, these organizations that have been hijacking our school, we've talked about that, how there's been this 
you know, slow, methodical strategy to, to subvert this country and destroy our values. And, you know, a nation is only as strong as the individual because, na- because nations and cultures and societies are composed of individuals and individuals are cultivated in families. Strong families lead to strong individuals. Strong individuals make strong nations. You destroy the family, you destroy the individual. You destroy the marriage, you destroy the family. And, uh, you know, just a shout out to these the, you men out there. You know, I want to truck, thank truck driver Ray for calling in. Thank uh, Jason for calling in. You know, we've got some great men out there. And I will tell you this. Your sons, your families, your neighbors, your nation needs you. And you have a role to play. And it's, you know, first put your, and this is the thing I love about Jordan Peterson. And this is why he's been such a hero in our day and age is because his, he has a very simple message. And his message is, hey, the world's a mess. Your life's a mess. You're not, you, you could be far more than you are. And, and the good news is, is you're not hopeless and you're not helpless. And his message is what I think people need to hear. It's, it's look in the mirror. Put your life in order. Recognize that you're, wor- that you're capable of far more than you are and, and step up to the plate and become a better man. Start small. Make your bed. Clean your room. Put your family in order. Put your life in order. And then start to make a difference in your neighborhoods, in your wards, in your communities. We're into another commercial here. We'll catch you back on the other side. God bless you and God bless America. We'll talk to you in a few. You're listening to K-Talk Radio, KBJA 1640 AM, Sandy, Salt Lake City, and all across the Wasatch Front, bringing you live, local, two-way talk. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-501-3689 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-501-3689 for your free author submission kit. Again, 800-501-3689. Right now, Doctors Without Borders medical teams are operating in some of the most remote and dangerous corners of the world. When front yards become front lines, when disaster erupts, when disease rages, when communities collapse under crisis, at the crossroads of conflict and epidemic, where there are no hospitals, that's where we operate. We go where conditions are the worst because that's where we're needed most. In nearly 70 countries, we're saving lives threatened by violence, disease, malnutrition, and catastrophic events. Donors are vital to our mission. Your response is critical to our response in places where a few others will go. That's where we operate. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. And we are back on Tuesday, July 5th for the tail end of our show 
here on K Talk 1640. We are the People Radio, American Masculinity, our Tuesday show. And we have been joined today by Miss Savvy. And uh, it's actually been cool. Colby and I are talking about how awesome it is having her. You know, she's, uh, she's a young woman, 22 years old. And she's talking about the need of men to stand up and, the, and kind of the challenges dating and the type of men out there and talking about some of you know the challenges the gr- her f- girlfriends have looking for a guy. And um, you know, she mentioned that uh, you know women are looking for a man who will step up and, and lead and be a leader. And you know, listen to her, you might think if you're just listening over the airwaves that this is some you know homely girl. But uh, <laughs> but Savvy's actually a professional bodybuilder. <clears throat> and an Instagram star as well. Instagram star. So, you know, she can have her pick of the boys. Um, but um, so it's interesting hearing hearing her perspective. And uh, one thing she's just talking about, I'll let, in fact, I'll let her talk about what uh, she and some of you know, her girlfriends say that they're, they're big challenges right now. Um. Well, no, so so I just, it's very interesting because um, I feel like a lot of women can relate to this, how I, I know of a lot of women who are in such need of finding strong men that have a purpose or just, or just gentlemen in general. Like I see this all the time on TikTok as well. If anyone's on TikTok, I see these videos all the time of, you know, these sweet girls talking about the lack of, of finding a good, a good man. And um, they're just talking about the pain that they've been through in toxic or abusive relationships. And I ironically think it's a little funny because most of the girls who are uh, talking about this kind of stuff, I end up going on their TikTok or their Instagram page and, you know, they're usually like drinking in the club till three in the night, you know, every night. And, uh, they're really not prioritizing themselves, you know, but yet they need a good man and a gentleman. But to me, I do think it's funny because usually you attract who you are. That's just a natural the law of attraction. It, Absolutely. It totally. Is. You get, you, you get back what you put out. Exactly. You're putting out that garbage, you're going to get garbage back. Exactly. And so that's the toxic cycle of these generations we have right now is most people are not most people, but most of society and our culture is trying is becoming very low quality, shallow. It's a very shallow society we live in. And the problem is most of these girls who unintentionally live kind of a shallower life expect to find a gentleman or a good strong alpha man out of the middle of nowhere but yet they're not working on themselves in order to attract that alpha kind of man and then the problem with the men is I know there's a there's a lot of men who are struggling to find good women because there's a lot of women who you know are kind of hoeing around a little bit I don't know if I can say that (laughs) I don't know if I can say that on here but it's true like there's so many men who struggle with this and they can't find good quality wife material because you have all these women who are degrading themselves but partially the source of that is social media and our cultural standards like a lot of that comes from tiktok like it's literally our social standards and obviously i think our social media standards i think it's a very misinformational uh source because i think that hollywood and our main sources of information are mostly corrupt and Obviously, that once again ties into the problem of the family foundation and finding good men and good women. But 
it, it's it's a bunch of rabbit holes, honestly. It's It's got some weird ties in there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think the greatest thing that we can do for man or to become a man, to become an alpha, is through example. And I wanted to give one example of a... Um, there was a mother who was single. She moved into the ward and uh, started going to church. She started bringing her boy to church, and he was at the age of 12. Well, that boy ended up going to, and she was telling the story years later, but she, the boy ended up going to church and being around role models of men um, that were doing men activities and um, really raising them how to be boys, right, or how to be, become a man. And without that example, that kid was, he, he, he had absolutely no chance of becoming a, a, an alpha male, right? So I think example is the most important key here. What we all can do, including women, can be good examples to men of what to be. Yeah, I think, and I think we're getting close, short on time, but you know, I'd love to have a conversation on what exactly does it mean to be an alpha male? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That's... I mean, what does it mean to be a man? And it's and and you could have the same thing. I mean, talk about uh, what does it mean to even be a woman? I mean, yeah. when we have a Supreme Court that doesn't can't even define a woman. Yeah, you know, and 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 if if marriage depends on a strong masculine and a strong feminine together, because the stronger the masculine, the stronger the feminine, the stronger the polarity, and the stronger the polarity, the higher the sexuality, the str- the stronger the relationship. So for a successful marriage, you need strong masculinity and strong femininity, and that's what creates polarity. Well, we're living in a society where you're you're destroying the masculinity in men and destroying the femininity in, in women, and no wonder we have gender issues, we have we have same sex issues, we have suicides, the family's falling apart because honestly, I, I would love to we could have a whole show on what it means yeah. to be a woman. We could have a whole show on what does it mean to be a man, and I think we could probably have a lot of conflicting data. So we've got a phone call here. Uh, let's see. Uh, you're on live here with uh, We Are the People Radio. Uh, your host uh, Jason and Colby Draper. Who do we have here? Yes, I don't want to take any more time. I just want to quickly say that in the '50s on TV we had Father Knows Best, Leave It to Bed Beaver, My Three Sons. You know, and and the fathers they weren't controlling. They weren't dictators. They weren't beating their kids. No. They would set an example. They'd set an example and talk with their kids. Very they, good. They, they would preside. They would preside. They would. They wouldn't uh, uh, control. They would preside through talking and reason and setting an example. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, truck driver Ray. And he's exactly right. You know, when we talk about what does it mean to be a, a, an alpha male, I think a lot of men. You know, I think there is something to, and I don't, I'm not going to use toxic masculinity, but there is unhealthy masculinity. There's a shadow masculine and there's a healthy masculine. There's a shadow feminine and a healthy feminine. And the shadow masculine is not being in control of the masculine. T- to me, one of the things that means to be masculine is to be in control of oneself, to be in control of one's emotions, to have self-discipline, self, you know, to be the master of your own house. And I think men who are not in control of themselves seek to control externally. And I think that comes across in a, as an unhealthy masculine when we, when we feel the need to control others. Absolutely. You want to know the definition of an alpha male? 
Go ahead and follow. Go ahead. Go ahead and follow me on social media, and you'll see an alpha male. Okay, is that the free the nipple? <laughs> uh, that's an alpha male, buddy. Um, no, one thing I also wanted to touch on as well that I think is really interesting is the fact that with the feminist movement, um, and I keep targeting it to that just because I I seriously think it ties into so much of manhood and womanhood, but. I think it is interesting because I do feel like right now in our culture, there are so many problems and there's so much pain that's happening right now with a lot of lives. Like everyone's going through something. And I know a lot of women deal with um, sexual abuse um, or just abusive relationships or uh, et cetera. And men are dealing with that kind of stuff as well. But the funny thing is the feminist movement was intended to be a safe safe place you know for women to be empowered and to be able to be role models to younger women as well as young men in order to help protect them but the funny thing is I feel like the feminist movement right now has become such a toxic place it's actually like done the complete opposite like most of women who become or go into the feminist movement is coming from a place of pain so I think it's very interesting how the feminist movement really targets and it's it started and it's grown from a place of pain. You know, like most women in the feminist movement um, encourage divorcement and encourage, let's say, abortion. All of their main targets are always have always grown from a painful place. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. We should always grow. But I think it's very interesting how the feminist movement has grown from a place of pain. You know, like in the end, most women just want to be protected. They want to feel safe. And the feminist movement has stepped in there, taking the role of the man to be like, hey, you felt pain from this, let's say, previous relationship with maybe a ma- an alpha man, because you can still be an alpha man and have no purpose. You can be a toxic alpha man. You can you can still there is toxic masculinity. You know, you can be an alpha man and and go to the club every the night shadows, and drink. Yeah, like Jason was talking 100%, about. 100%. Yeah. And I think people are defining masculinity with something toxic. They're defining femininity with toxic feminine like being submissive and yeah. or having no control of their lives. So the thing is is you have to look at the source of why is there such a war on on the good masculine man versus the good feminine well, it woman? Sells. It sells. I mean, it's yeah. it, that's the narrative that the media wants to portray. That yeah. is what sells. Nothing else sells. It's got to be toxic and dark. Well, I, I think there's just no question that the the world is starving for good men and, and good women. Um. And, and the neat thing is, is, you know, I think we, we need examples of, of what it, what is a masculine man. And I'll tell you, I think, you know, the world is, is divided in two, two forces. You have the masculine and the feminine. Everything is one of those two forces. And, and they're everywhere. And, and we can learn about healthy masculinity just even from nature itself and healthy femininity from nature itself. And I think, honestly, Christ is, is a great example of, of the masculine. You know, he, he is constant. He is loving. He is patient. He is in control of his emotions. 
He doesn't seek to control the people around him. He, he, is, the, he, he is the shepherd. He leads and the sheep follow He's not the again the the toxic the unhealthy masculine is the robber who pushes the sheep, who pushes them and forces them and corrals them. The healthy masculine is is being such a man that the people around you want to follow. I think uh, we're gonna. Uh, I, I, there's a quote. We're, we're, we're short on time here, but share your share your quote. There's a quote I love from Jordan Peterson. Why we're speaking talking about Jordan Peterson. He says, a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very dangerous man who has it under voluntary control. I love that. And if you think about that, if you're a man out there and you are a harmless man, you need to start thinking about your life. A good man is a very dangerous man who has it under voluntary control. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think... You know, first off, I want to thank everyone who's who's listened. We're, we're we're getting ready to wrap up here, but let me just say this: the world is starving for leadership, and we tend to want to look to leadership for the president, you know, for a governor, for you know, for some leader. But I'm going to tell you here in Utah, if you're looking for leadership in your governor, if you're looking for leadership in the president. I mean. We've got a president who's, who seems like he's waging war on the country. He doesn't even know which way's north. We've got a governor who thinks it's okay to put men in our women's locker rooms who doesn't even know his own pronouns. You want to talk about a beta male. He doesn't even know his own sexuality. Yeah, you want to talk about no beta idea. males. So, you know, again, you're needed. If you're a man out there and you're listening to this, you are needed. And, and, and it starts with... The mirror. It starts with learning to respect the man in the mirror and learning to respect the man you see, learning to discipline yourself, trying to live in a way that you respect the man when you look at yourself in the mirror. Because if you can respect yourself, if you can live a life that's disciplined, that you have your own compass, that that compass is aligned with God, that you know why you're here on earth, you know where you're going, and you're true to that compass, once you learn to be true to that compass, all of a sudden, you know, like a king in a kingdom, your kingdom will grow. You know, you'll be blessed. You, you, your family will be, you know, your family will want to follow you. Your neighbor, you, you, you will find your dominion grows once you become a, a righteous king and you have your own life living in harmony with the king above. And I think that's one of the powerful principles. You know, you look at the left. The left is strategic and they do have a playbook and they have been strategically taking this country down. The right, our the the strategy on the right is is religion. Our long game is religion. That's how we win our game. We win our game by putting values in our children. Truth. We win by fighting with truth, by teaching our children values, not by forcing them, but by living our own lives with values, by living true to, our, to the principles that we know to be true, and our children wanting to follow suit, and by also living with values, and by living a, a, a godly life, by living with morality. You know, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said that this constitution and this country, and the constitution was written for, for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. Men, I would tell you, this: your, your neighborhoods need men. Our families need men. And again, what does that mean? It means just being the type of man that, that 
you know, you're you, you, of the man above, being a man like the man above, following that example. And it's not being pansy. It's not being weak. It's not being beta. It's being strong. It's being confident. It's it's being someone who, you know, can get his, you know, knocked down on his rear end and get back up and keep fighting day after day. A man who can get out and go work a blue collar job, doesn't matter what he does, but he does it with respect and he, and he works hard and he, and he, uh, and the, and he can live his life in a way that not only he respects himself, but his children respect him. Colby closing thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to be an example. Look at yourself in the mirror, even though you don't have kids, you may not have sons, you may not be old enough. You need to look in the mirror and you need to be that example to everyone around you, whether it's at the grocery store, wherever it may be, you need to find yourself. We all are a piece of the creator. It's easy to be a man. It is. It's in us. It's in our DNA. Go out there. Be a man. Be an alpha male, just like myself. Let's go. (laughs) Till tomorrow, 4 o'clock, 4 to 6. We are the people radio here at... K Talk 1640. $3 God bless you and God bless America. For only a buck. Mm-hmm.